G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, our special guest this hour is Stu Miller. Stu heads up an organisation called Train to Proclaim. And uh, we've spoken to Stu before about all of the different resources that his organisation is offering to people right around the nation. Stu, welcome to 2020. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you on deck because uh, when we're talking about evangelism, uh, sharing our faith with all sorts of people, uh, some for some people, even for people who've been a Christian a long time, uh, sometimes this is a daunting task, and there's a challenge there for Christians to be able to uh, to be able to talk about the Christian message freely. And I guess you come across people all the time who are challenged by that, or or feel as though it's somebody else's job and not theirs. But uh, there must be lots of people. People who are, are looking to increase their skills and be able to share their faith in a really meaningful way. Absolutely. I think um, there's many, many Christians who have just a, a real big heart for the people around them. They love people. They love their friends. They love their family. They love their workmates. They want them to come to know Jesus too. But it's how, a real challenge for us in our culture to know, well, how, how do you communicate this good news without looking like a religious freak? How do, you, how do you do it without looking like you're pushing your religion on another person? Uh, how do you create an opportunity to share the gospel? When you do have an old opportunity, often I think people get tongue-tied because they're not actually prepared for that moment and they, they sort of afterwards go, why did I say that or why didn't I say this? So I think it's really important that we prepare uh, we're well prepared for those moments when we can share the gospel with people. And I know that you recognise there's a real problem, not only here in Australia, but all Western nations when it comes to Christians being loud and proud about their faith. Uh, in fact, you go so far as to call it a crisis. Absolutely. I, I believe it is a crisis. Uh, Campus Crusade for Christ statistics say only 2% of Christians in the Western church share their faith regularly. Now, if this is the Great Commission, Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And there's only 2% of Christians actually regularly doing it in the West. Oh, that's a crisis in my book. Well, let's dwell on that for just a moment. 2% means two people out of every hundred. Two Christians out of every hundred who are actively sharing their faith. Yes. Uh, now, some people in church life are going to say, well, there's lots of people in our church who are uh, testifying all the time as to how they had an opportunity to share their faith at the checkout or at the park or wherever they were through the week. Uh, but when you take it right across the statistics range, this is true for the Western church, just two out of every hundred. That's just amazing. It is amazing. And it's and it's a crisis. There's a, I guess there's a number of reasons for that. But for me, I sort of, uh, I mean, we, we've trained people from over 100 different denominations. As I travel around in different countries, um, uh, we, we've trained people right across the board, and it seems to be the, the problem seems to be there everywhere. It's not, you know, just one particular denomination or another. Uh, everywhere you go, I, I ask a question often on a Sunday morning. I say, who here today feels that they, that they can actually articulate the historic gospel message with a non-Christian? And I can normally count on one hand the number of people that uh, that say that they can. 
in our, in our whole church. And sometimes uh, people think this must be a trick question. <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't put my hand up. I, I won't say it's all, oh, you know. Maybe, the, maybe they're thinking I'm going to get them up the front and, and <laughs> make them to the do test. It. Oh, you, right. you raised your hand quickly. Uh, stand up there and tell us all about it. And sometimes I say to people, I'm not going to make you do this, but do you think you can? You know. Now, but, um, this is interesting, and this might be a little aside, but there is a sense, isn't there, in this day of technology and all of the internet and uh, uh, the television and pay television and all of the fabulous preachers that we have access to that somehow or other little old me sitting in the pew may not feel good enough to be able to share the gospel because all these other wonderful people seem to know all about it. They have their act together. They're great, you know, great speakers, great communicators, and and I'm just struggling along. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that we could feel overwhelmed by the the way that there is some resource available that might make it harder for us. Yeah, and I think that we've had a few decades of sort of tent meetings and, and crusades and things like that. And and during that period, I think a lot of Christians have formed this opinion that, that evangelism is a big shot. You know, a really good speaker coming and they stand up the front and they preach their heart out. And, and that's what evangelism is. But uh, the heart of the Great Commission is Jesus saying to his followers, you go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not saying bring someone along to a meeting and that big that, that preacher up the front will preach to them. It's you going out yourself. So rather than a come and see, it's more go and tell. And uh, so it's personal responsibility for each of us to say, well, you know, I can I can reach people myself. And do you know what, Neil? I, I mean, it's going to take all types of people to reach all types of people. You don't need to be a big shot. You know, different personalities will reach different people, which is a great thing. And when you say the word preach the gospel, that's got its own definitions that we're all clouded by too. Because as you say, you think of the big shot who's standing up on the stage and they're preaching to a big audience. But preaching is not just in front of the big audience up on the stage. The preaching is also the one-on-one contact. Absolutely. It's just talking with people. You know, often we, we think of preaching and again, you know, it, words are loaded, aren't they? You sort of think of, of preaching up the front of a church or at a big evangelistic meeting. But uh, really it's about you communicating the gospel. It might be sitting over a cup of coffee with a friend, you know, chatting with someone at work, you know, talking over the back fence with your neighbor. If you're sharing the gospel with someone, you're evangelizing. Stu Miller is our guest, and we've got a interesting question that we're inviting you to respond to today. Is it necessary to use Bible Scripture when you are sharing the Gospel? Christy from Price in WA is joining us. Hello, Christy. Oh, hello. What are your thoughts on our question today? Is it necessary to use Bible Scripture when sharing the Gospel? Bible Scripture is a treasure, and it's wonderful to share but um, somebody once told me, preach the gospel in everything you do, in every moment of every day. Sometimes use words. In other words, our life is itself a message. Yeah. And so it's a strong message too. When you are sharing the gospel with a friend of yours, uh, do you bring out the Bible? Do you quote all sorts of Bible scriptures? What's the way that you used when you're sharing the gospel? Just in love. The way that the way that you are expressing your love actually demonstrates that you are a Christian, and uh, and just in sharing your life with someone uh, and uh, pointing to Jesus, then that's a way that you can share the gospel. Yeah. Stu, what are your thoughts? 
Well, I think when Jesus said to to preach the gospel, uh, he, you know, that is obviously a, a, an audible message, a, a verbal message that we're sharing. So, I totally agree that that our lives have got to line up. You know, we should live godly lives. We should live lives of of love uh, and respect, and and people around us should sense that we know God. But at the end of the day, we can't just live a wonderful life, a good life, and expect people to know the way of salvation. Because um, as it says in Romans 14, you know, how will, how will they know unless someone preaches to them? <laughs> how will someone preach unless they're sent? So if we're going to share the message of salvation, which is the gospel message, people aren't going to get it by osmosis just by looking at our lives. They actually need to hear the message of salvation. So, Christy, when you're sharing the gospel, uh, do you like to articulate uh, any details? Uh, what, what do you talk, to, talk about uh, when you're actually talking to your friends? Yeah, it's always good to share the gospel and, and to put scripture in there. But it's, it's easy to um, start the conversation by the way you live. So the way you live your life is the conversation starter. It's the icebreaker. And when you begin to have conversations, perhaps over that cup of tea or coffee, that's when you can start to talk about the content of the message. And then you might refer back to the Bible. Is that what you're saying, Christy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, Christy, I want to thank you so much for making the call today and contributing to our conversation here on 2020. Thanks for being with us. Stu, wonderful to hear from people like Christy because she's she's passionate about actually sharing the gospel. And uh, and while she might not be that preacher up on the stage, she's doing what I guess all Christians ought to do. Mm. I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of, of Christians and, you know, uh, from those outside of the church that they're hypocrites. And I think there's a, there's a big reaction to that. And someone like Christy is saying, look, hey, look, we can't just preach it to people. We're going to live a life that people will see Christ in us, and that's got to be commended, you know. Uh, but I, I think it's it's both. We've got to live uh, a godly life and a life that reflects Christ, but we've also got to communicate the message, the content of the gospel as well, so that people know the way of salvation. Well, this is the question we are asking this hour and inviting your input. Is it necessary to use Bible Scripture when you are sharing the gospel. Uh, this is one of those challenges, Stu, and uh, I know you haven't been given too much away yet. We're going to take some more calls. Uh, but uh, the use of Scripture, obviously it's the truth. It's the revelation of God. It has to be somehow a part of our communication. Absolutely. We've got, we've got to communicate that message to people, and it's the, uh, the power is in the message. So uh, I'm really interested to hear what the uh, the listeners have got to say as to whether we actually quote the scripture or whether we just bring the message through. Well, let's take some more listener calls. Uh, Millie in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Millie. Welcome to 2020. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, good. So is this Millie? Yeah, um, what I think, well, I'm an evangelist. I've been doing evangelism for um, quite a number of years. Um what happens when I go out, um, you know, I meet people that I don't know, sometimes they smile. I don't know, people just stop and start talking and sharing things with you. And um, I find when I'm ministering, the Holy Spirit gives me scriptures because certain people have certain needs at that time. And um, when you operate with the Holy Spirit, he gives you the right scriptures for those people and it just helps them, uh, you know, in their situations and things like that. So I've never really considered it. 
Millie, when you are when you're sharing the scripture, do you say, "Let me tell you from John three sixteen, for God so loved the yep. world that He gave His only begotten Son." Do you do you quote the chapter and verse? Yeah, I do. You know, because people like to know. Because sometimes people have Bibles, they go home and look it up. You know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just do what the Holy Spirit gives me um, to give to them. I'm interested so, in what you said too, Millie. When you said uh, you're often there, just standing around smiling. Is that what you said? You said you're smiling, and people come up oh, to you. Well, and... People, yeah, people smile at you when you walk past and stuff like that. You know, you mightn't even know them. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, because I know that, that God puts um, people across our path on a daily basis. You know, and in, in this world today, you know, we, we know that um, there's a um, revival going on. Um, people are searching. I hear that on, on your station, actually. I think you might have said it. Yep. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it is our mission. We're all um, commanded to go out as evangelists, even though it's not your calling, to go and um, minister to the lost and get them saved and bring them to the Lord. Stu Miller, we are all called. Uh, the smile's important, and of course, uh, using those scripture references is going to have its right place in some conversations. I think so. Yeah, I, I think you know, if, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to to bring a scripture to someone, then that's great. And um, I think you know, Millie was saying that some people got Bibles and they've you know they can look it up at home. And but I, I guess there's a lot of Australians that have no church background at all and, and wouldn't know, they wouldn't have a Bible at home and, and wouldn't know how to look up a scripture or, or understand what some of that scripture means. Well, Millie, thank you so much for your call. Let's take some more calls. John in Cooma. Uh, great to have you with us, John. What's your contribution to our conversation? Uh, is it necessary to use Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? John. John, have we got you? Hello, John. Uh, let's take uh, let's take Helen in Chinchilla. Hello, Helen. Hello. What's your contribution to our conversation? Is it necessary to use Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? Well, just in my experience, yes. I believe that um, um, God's word is true, and um, I think the Holy Spirit plays a large part in it. Um, but I, it's the power of God unto salvation. I just think um, it's God's word, and when we use God's word, if people ask. And they're interested, um, yeah, absolutely. And they're at shopping centres. I think the the um, there's a great search on in people's hearts at the moment, and I just think we've got to be open to people and their need. We've got to be looking when we're what's what their need is out there, and just be available and be friendly, just like the fellow before said. But I really strongly believe that. Um, yeah, it is the gospel, and it's the power of God unto salvation. So when we do speak it. You're saying don't hold back. It is the no, Word of God. It is the power of God. And uh, and uh, you're not likely to be holding back. You'll use the Scriptures. And I'm certainly not ashamed of the Gospel. He's, Jesus saved me, and I'm so thankful. And I know, and I do experience that regularly. Excuse um, That the Holy Spirit is our helper, and He knows if we let Him do our work, or His work in us, and when we're out and about, He shows us. He puts people across our path, and... Um, and if we're looking and available, he will use us. He will use us. I agree. I think. I think it's uh, you know when when you're open to God, uh, he will use you. He he he, can, he will bring people. I, I meet some people when they say, "Isn't it wonderful how there's always opportunities to share the gospel with people?" That's and then right. I meet some other people and they go, 
man, I never seem to get an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's about focus, about being open to God and saying, look, God, I want you to use me today. I want to, I want to share with someone. I'm That's not right. ashamed of you. I want to communicate your gospel. Absolutely. And I think, too, um, that on our hearts there is a, um, and most Christians' hearts, and it probably it's right we've looked to evangelists and looked to pastors to do the work that the Lord's mm. asked us to do. And it is a simple thing. I'm seeing that as I go along in life. It is simply being available. The Holy Spirit's at work. And it's, we're here for souls. We want to see them. They're, they're all going over the cliff to hell. I don't want to see anyone go to hell. Lord loves everyone. Helen, uh, tell me about uh, opportunities. Uh, there you are in Chinchilla in Queensland. Uh, are you a really uh, extroverted person who go out and uh, meet all sorts of different people or, or are you, uh, you know, you're a homebody or are you uh, working or uh, how do you meet people? Okay, I meet them on cruise ships. I led, I mean, it's funny, but we, I led seven to the Lord on a cruise ship once and that was in the swimming pool, <laughs> wow. that was a dining room and it was only like three or five minutes. And the Lord, when I walked away, the Lord just said, this is not your responsibility. Because I said, Lord, who's going to look after them? Some had already been prepped, like in the way that seeds had been shown, so they were ready. Others were not. Um, but the opportunities are there. And I just see there's a harvest, harvest out there, and it's right. What do I do? I'm, I'm on a property with my husband. Um, I've been um, in government jobs. We've had our own business. And even at the, our, the counter, continually on my heart when I was serving or doing whatever it was, there's another soul. Well, so, wonderful opportunity uh, on a cruise ship because uh, cruise ships, they nearly always have a church service on a Sunday and they sometimes have Bible study groups too, don't they? They do. They have prayer. They even had a, um, an, a Jewish um, thing over there that um, was a Shabbat. Um, and John and I went up to it and um, we were the only people there. But a late Catholic lady came in. She said, I don't know what this is, but it's, I thought it was Christian. Anyway, she ended up being led to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that is just that's that's great, and uh, and I'm not sure whether uh, too many people listening around the place might have ever considered that going on a cruise might yeah. be a luxury way of pursuing some level of Christian mission. But that's a great way to go. Yeah, no, it was exciting. It was good, and I didn't go looking for them. The amazing thing is, I wasn't looking. I was out there for a good time. That's right. The Lord put them across the path. It's really interesting that you say that the Lord spoke to you and said that uh, it's not your responsibility to follow people up. Yes. Because uh, I think a a real fear that a lot of Christians have is, what if I lead someone to the Lord and and, and then I can't follow them up? And and that actually stops them from sharing the gospel to begin with. And I think we've got to understand that that, um, we probably place too much importance in ourselves. Yes. Uh, Really, we've got to place that importance in God. It's God's job to save people. Yes. It's God's, God's leading people on a journey, and we're just a, a small part of that. We're a link in the chain. That's and, right. uh, you, you know, we're, we're not the whole chain. <laughs> no. And sometimes if we feel like we've got to be the whole chain, then the, the weight of that responsibility weighs us down so much and, and immobilizes us. We, we don't want to say anything to someone just in case, you know. <laughs> so, so it's wonderful to hear you say that. You're welcome. And I just trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. He's the one that does it all, and he just uses us if we're available. That's all. Helen, thank you so much for your contribution today on 2020. Just wonderful to hear from you. You're welcome. Thank you. Stu, the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, he is the one who's drawing people to himself and uh, feeling like we've got to have it all together with all the elements of the gospel and truth and that uh, journey of discipleship. uh, Really, that weight of responsibility doesn't rest on our shoulders alone because it's God who's drawing people to himself. 
Yeah, I think there's there's been a, a misconception that we've got to go out and save souls. And so when, when we're told we've got to save souls, in a, in a sense, we feel like we're doing the saving. And Jesus is the saviour of the world. I can't save anyone. It's his job and, and what he does in the world. But we've got to understand what we're responsible to do, which is to go out and proclaim the gospel. Now, we know that when we proclaim the gospel, the Holy Spirit moves upon that powerful message and transforms people's lives. But if we feel that we're going to save people, then what happens is if we share the gospel with someone and they don't respond, then we think we've failed. We think, oh, no, I'm not good at this. You know, I'm not cut out for this. Oh, it's, it's not for me. Uh, because we're thinking the person's got to get saved for this to be a success. But it's just not true. We're called to share the gospel. Now, a lot of people don't understand, I think, the difference between what you do and their response. They're completely different things. One is you sharing the gospel. The other is them personally responding before God. Now, you can't force someone to respond. It's out of, actually out of your hands. It's between them and God. It's their personal choice. So don't, don't beat yourself up. If you've been out there and you've shared with a lot of people and no one's responded, I want to encourage you today because you've done the right thing by sharing with people and allow the results up to God. Allow God to, to move in their lives. Maybe they're not at that point in their journey, but you've helped them take another step towards uh, being closer to coming to know Christ. Stu Miller is our guest. He's from an organisation called Train to Proclaim. We'll tell you all about that. And, of course, there is a Train to Proclaim website too at www.traintoproclaim.com. Uh, just to bring you a few comments from Facebook, Catherine says, yes, but certainly not chapter and verse. Kevin says, you can share Scripture without sharing Scripture. Uh, Ali says it's part and parcel, and Tash has responded on Facebook saying, yes, of course, as it's all about him. Uh, When it comes to uh, those responses, Stu, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, um, you know, there's a a heart and a desire to share what the Scriptures are saying to people. And uh, and I think um, the comment about not chapter and verse, you know, is where where I sit. I think uh, we've absolutely got to get the, the, the Scriptures to people, but... Do we have to quote it and use a language that people can't understand because they don't speak that language in order to communicate our point? And, and uh, for example, you know, some people say to me, look, you know, the scriptures are powerful. They, they do not return void. You know, they separate between soul and spirit. They quote all these wonderful scriptures. And I totally agree with that. Our lives should be based on the Bible. Uh, our sole authority of our life is the Bible. I can't say enough about the Bible. I read it every day. My life's based on it. You know, you've got to stand on it. But when we're communicating with a culture, with a person who doesn't understand the Bible, should we say, you know, Romans 3.23 says, for all are sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because most Christians don't even understand what falling short of the glory of God means, let alone a non-Christian. So I'm, I'm all about let's communicate the message of the Bible, of the, Bible the word of, from God, to them in a language they can understand. There's also uh, a dimension there in what Bible version you might read, because if you're quoting a King James version of the mm-hmm. Bible, uh, you might be quoting Old English uh, in your uh, witnessing, but that might not necessarily sit so well with a modern culture. Yeah, people, you know, in general don't really understand, you know, 17th century sort of uh, language, uh, and so they find it very difficult to grasp what you're actually trying to communicate. But I'd suggest that even in modern translations, they're still written in biblical English. Uh, Most Christians, uh, you know, we we think we speak one language, or maybe we speak many, but uh, English, but we actually... uh, 
every Christian is bilingual. We speak biblical English and everyday English. Yes. <laughs> because words in the Bible, even though they're in English, actually may have quite different meanings to those uh, that we use in everyday English. What a great topic of conversation today. Let's take some more listener calls. John in Somerset in Tasmania. Hello, John. Welcome to 2020. Uh, great to uh, join the discussion, Neil and Stu. I particularly like the uh, thought that came up earlier about people who tell others about the Lord Jesus being a link in the chain. And I can say from my own recent personal experience that I've had to learn that, that uh, what I said to a particular person was proved to be part of the whole jigsaw puzzle or network of influences and uh, contacts from other people who believed in Christ uh, that's uh, slowly but surely bearing fruits in the life of the person in question. That's and, wonderful. Uh, I think... Uh, what we're talking about here is process, uh, not just an instant uh, remedy. Yes, yes, indeed, that's right. It's, it's right. It's uh, uh, the idea that uh, you, you come in with your mind uh, loaded up with scripture bullets and... Uh, and uh, shoot down the prey, I think he's probably uh, not <laughs> quite what we're looking at. I, um, like your, I like that imagery that you're bringing up there because uh, because for some people sharing the gospel is a little bit like that. It's almost mm. predatory and, and that's mm. probably a wrong approach because I think uh, when we're sharing the gospel we need to be motivated by love and that means that you know, you're actually caring for the sensitivities of the person that you're sharing the gospel with. And uh, I'm the kind of person who finds it easier to uh, stand up in front of a crowd than to talk one-on-one with a person. So, uh, uh, yes, uh, these different parts of the whole thing we have to learn. And I've I've found over the years that uh, each time I get into a discussion with somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus about uh, the things of God... uh, it's something that I take away and think about afterwards, you know, uh, uh, where did I take a good turn in the conversation or or where did they point me somewhere uh, in the conversation that I should have followed and so on. So I think it's a learning process for those who witness for Christ. It's, it's not just... Uh, uh, hey, it's all cut and dried. I've I've got the whole thing under my belt. Uh, I can fire off at any time, so to speak. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for your contribution to our conversation today. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks for the opportunity. John from Somerset in Tasmania. Let's take some more listener calls. Uh, Anita, who is in Victoria. Hello, Anita. Welcome to 2020. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Where are you about in, in Victoria, Anita? Yeah, I'm in the West Wimmera, so yeah, quite a remote location. And how would you like to contribute to our conversation today? Is it necessary to use Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? Well, we scripture is, of course, very powerful. We know the word says that um, the word itself is sharper than a double-edged sword, so it can be very effective. Um, but I'm personally not very good at remembering scripture references and, and whatnot. What I have found has been really encouraging for me and has given me a lot of confidence 
is to study a bit of basic apologetics. Um, I've found recently, especially in the last few months, that I've come across a lot of agnostics and atheists, and they are very interested in some of the more challenging questions, the problem of evil, um, is there a creator, um, the historicity of the resurrection, the authenticity of the scriptures. And I found that by equipping myself and studying some apologetics, especially from Dr. William Lane Craig, it's actually given me a lot more um, confidence to answer some of these questions. So I just wanted to input in that, that it can be very beneficial to study basic apologetics and some of the philosophical arguments that get people to think and then they might come back with some more questions specifically about Christ. Stu, what are your thoughts? I think every Christian should be learning basic apologetics. Mm. Uh, So we're prepared when we're in a conversation with someone. I think um, that, uh, you know, it helps us understand why we believe what we believe. So it's really good for ourselves. And as the last listener said, it's sort of, you know, he was talking about how he thinks about what he said and, you know, when he's chatting with people. It really does sharpen you up talking with non-Christians because they challenge you. And you start to think, why do I believe what I believe? And uh, Dr. William Craig Lane and and Ravi Zacharias and a lot of Josh McDowell, there's a lot of guys who have got Mm. some really good resources out there to help us as Christians. But what I would say as well is that Maybe if you're listening today and thinking, well, I I, I don't share the gospel because I'm scared that someone will ask me a question and I can't answer it. I'd say, uh, you know, it's important for us not to to view this as you're just going to be arguing with people on points. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the most uh, important thing we need to get through is the gospel message. Whether whether the person believes it or not, I, I share the gospel with atheists and agnostics and, and everyone. And and one of the wonderful things about the, the tools that we've brought out, uh, the G7, is that when you go through that presentation with someone, uh, instead of ending up arguing over a, a lot of semantics or a lot of points, you communicate the gospel really clearly and leave it with them. And I find that, I mean, I've been an evangelist over 20 years now and I've had some real big arguments with people and discussions with people that have gone on for hours. And sometimes at the end of it, I sort of feel like, you know what, I've spent all this time defending my faith rather than presenting it. And since I've used the G7 tool, it's really transformed my evangelism because I always feel like I'm presenting my faith and leaving with people uh, and often without a big argument. But in saying that, you know, the balance is that I think we should have good answers and sometimes those answers will, will knock down barriers and help people come to faith. So I say good on you and, and encourage every Christian to do that. Well, Anita, thank you so much for your contribution on 2020 today. Uh, Stu, when you mentioned the G7, we haven't really gotten into that. This is mm. a app that you've created uh, that helps people to share the gospel when they're not feeling so confident themselves. Yeah, the app is really, really good. If you have a smartphone, an iPhone or an iPad, uh, an Android phone or a tablet, uh, you can go to the the app store appropriate to your device and um, put in Gospel in 7. G7 short for Gospel in 7 because you're sharing the Gospel in 7 minutes with someone. And uh, as long as you can read and you can tap on the screen, then you can use this. (laughs) We've tried to make it really easy for Christians to communicate the gospel because there is a lot of people who who don't feel confident. They they don't understand what the gospel is to begin with. What what am I actually trying to communicate with people? And secondly, you know, how do I put that into a language that people will understand? So one of the wonderful things about the app is it's jargon-free. There's no Christianese in it. It's it's not going to confuse people. 
It's an everyday English. Okay, jargon is a big issue, and perhaps it might have been a bigger issue in times past, but uh, but there is still Christian jargon that, that creeps into our conversations. And, uh, and before you know it, if you're using jargon all the time, you might not actually be communicating in the way that you think you are. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said before, you know, with the Bible, we're bilingual. We speak a different language at church than we do, you know, to our workmates. And, and um, unfortunately, when we, we come onto spiritual topics or talking about God, we naturally flick into our biblical English, our, our, our talk that we would use at church, and we start talking like that to someone who doesn't understand that language. Now, uh, the scriptures are a great example. Uh, for example, you, you, you mentioned John 3.16, and I'd, I'd have to say that's one of the easier to understand scriptures. Uh, there's a lot, of, lot more complicated ones that we sometimes use, unfortunately. Now, I've done this in the past myself many, many times before, before using this tool. I've used a scripture like this and, and thought, I'm really getting through to the person. But I want to challenge listeners today to think about this for a moment. Imagine you've got no church background at all, none. You don't, don't understand the scriptures. And someone says to you, like John 3.16, you're like, who's John and what's those numbers? You know, like <laughs> maybe you think, okay, there's a reference in the Bible. You, you, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Okay, that's Jesus, you know, that whoever believes in him shall not die. What? But it live forever. Are, are you trying to tell me that if I believe in Jesus, I'm not going to die? Now, that's ludicrous. If that was true, there'd be 2,000-year-old Christians wandering around on the earth today. <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, I went to the funeral the other day and it was a Christian person. I mean, this is just nonsense what you're saying to me. And this is supposed to be f- from the Bible. I mean, you know, but do you know what? I've never, ever had anyone say that to me because I've quoted that scriptures many times in the past. And, you know, this is not a criticism of anyone who's using scriptures, but I'm just challenging people to think about what we're doing because really – in their minds, non-Christians will think that, but they won't tell you. They're very polite. They'll smile and they'll nod. They're like, oh, okay, thanks for that. Gee, look at the time. I've really got to get going. You know? <laughs> got to run. And, uh, and inside they're going, you're a wacko. If you think that you're going to live forever and never die, there's something wrong with you. But, of course, that word die means something different. This is what I mean that we're bilingual. We're, we're speaking a different language. We, we understand that death means separation from God, the source of all life. Uh, we, we understand that word believe doesn't mean you, you believe Jesus existed because a lot of people say, I believe in Jesus. He's part of history. You know, but we're talking about you believe in who he is, not whether he existed or not. And so you know, these, the, the, in the Greek, it means to, to cling to, to trust in, to put your hope in. It's not just you believe in him. So we understand these, these words because we're in the church. But when we quote it to a non-Christian, the, potentially, that, and particularly if we don't explain what it means, they're just going to think we're wackos. <laughs> yes, well, the explanation is the way that we present the content of what that really means, and that's going to be an essential part of, uh, of when we are sharing our faith. We'll come back and talk some more. We'll even talk some more about that G7 app that you can download. And uh, we're asking the question, is it necessary to use Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? Our special guest is Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim. A biblical perspective on life. 
culture and current events. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020 and Stu Miller is our guest from Train to Proclaim. Stu, when it comes to this question that we're asking, is it necessary to use Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? Uh, You've been talking about us being bilingual. Uh, What do we glean when we go to the scriptures and we see about the way that Jesus communicated uh, with those that were uh, surrounding him, the people he was meeting, uh, the religious leaders? How did he communicate? That's that's really interesting that you say that, Neil, because I think you know the answer to this question should come back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? Should we use the Bible? Uh, Jesus used stories. He used parables when he spoke to, with people. I would challenge anyone to find anywhere in the Scriptures that Jesus, all the disciples, ever used a Scripture with a non-Jew, because mm. I've never seen it. Mm. Uh, when Paul was speaking in Ephesus, you know, like, and you know, he he talked about the the poets. He actually quoted their own poets. He talked about a statue to the unknown god that was a part of their, their you know, their, their their idols. He he used their own culture to communicate the great truth of the word of God. So it's not that we're ashamed of the word of God. It's not that we're not going to communicate. We need to communicate the message of the word of God. But the only time they ever quoted from the scriptures was to Jews because they understood the scriptures. So I'd say if you're talking with someone with a church background, it's not a problem to talk, you know, quote the scriptures because they will understand. But for for an everyday Australian who doesn't have a church background, I'd say don't do it because you'll confuse them. But what you can do better is communicate the message of the scriptures to them in a language they can understand. We've been asking for you to make a contribution to our conversation today. Alan from the Gold Coast is joining us. Hello, Alan. Welcome to 2020. Yes, uh, g'day there. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty passionate about evangelism and um, um, I've been a Christian for 36 years. The, the thing that uh, I like uh, with my own uh, personal way is uh, there's an acronym that I found years ago called, uh, which is um, FORM F-O-R-M and when you're sharing with a person and you don't know them very well you know you can ask them about uh, their family um, that's for F O occupation if they have one R um, recreation you know what sort of sport you play and so on and then the M is for the, the meaning of life or even the message for that matter. So you just go through and you find out if, the, if there's any hot button there to push uh, and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to um, open up the door. So it's more of a conversation that you're getting to know someone and uh, perhaps even creating a new friendship rather than just coming out and blurting out uh, your message of the gospel. Well, I got ordained as an evangelist uh, nearly two and a half years ago and uh, you know, um, boy, um, sometimes I, I had to really uh, learn learn just to uh, not run ahead of the, the Holy Spirit. And I found that, um, and I'm just looking in um, Isaiah 55 and at, at verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. Uh, and... I remember Derek Prince years ago saying that, you know, you can, well, you, basically you can share the gospel. Um, I find uh, when I'm sharing with someone, I like to quote the um, Hebrews 9.27, and I say, well, look, uh, there's a scripture, it's in Hebrews um, chapter uh, 9, um, verse, was it 27? Oh, yeah, 9 verse 27. It's appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So, 
you know, and, and then I've said, well, we only got it mathematics. You remember that one, won't you? And so that's a scripture that can sit with them. And getting back to that scripture about uh, the, you know, not going uh, void. It's like snow that's that's hard, that's stored, and when the sun comes out, it will thaw. And when the when the timing's right, you know, the Holy Spirit will either prompt that person of what um, was said or the scripture, and 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 bring life. And I remember um, uh, it took eight people uh, to, to get me into the kingdom. Um, you know, I was a bit of a hard nut. And I, I didn't even know the scriptures when I gave my life to Christ, basically. But, um, you know, so everyone's got that capacity to be able to be a friend, to be able to mm-hmm. find out uh, what, what they're good at, what they're not good at, and then slowly just introduce Jesus and what he's done, um, you know, my life, what he can do in their life. Alan, I'm just reminded of a statistic I heard years ago. Uh, somebody came up with it, and who knows how they would have researched the statistic, but uh, the statistic along the lines of uh, from a person's uh, journey, from beginning to a time when they would uh, receive Christ as their Lord and Saviour, there may be 27 contacts wow. uh, from uh, from very early on and contributions along the way until mm. a person finally comes to a point where they acknowledge Jesus as Saviour. So, I mean, who who knows where that statistic would have been able to be measured but there is a sense isn't there in what you're saying it's a journey that we're on it's not a, a quick uh, it's not always a quick message and all of a sudden there's a convert uh, you might get a decision but a convert takes a little bit extra time it, it does and you know God's a big God and you know if, if we sell it somewhere down God will grow it and, and we're just all of us are a link in the chain and if we can um, just uh, um, gossip the gospel as it were uh, and 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 proclaim um, the way to salvation, you know, through Christ, through um, you know the fact that He's no longer on the cross; He rose from the dead, and you know He's He's the God and Savior for everybody who believes in Him. Well, Alan, I want to thank you so much for your contribution on 2020 today. It's great to hear from you. Stu, we're just going to tie a few things up here before the news. Uh, just wanted to talk about your website. People can mm-hmm. get free resources uh, to be able to uh, share the gospel. Uh, you're all about helping people to get to that point where they are confident. What can they find on the website? Um, they can find, uh, I mean, obviously the apps are free. Um, you can go to the, your app store and, and t- type in, you know, Gospel in 7 into the search bar and get the apps. They're free. They're a fantastic resource if you've got a smartphone or tablet. Uh, but we've also got uh, the G7 is on computer for Mac and for PC. Um, there's uh, physical resources that you can order through our site as well. Uh, we, we give away everything for free. Uh, if, if there's a physical resource that we have to produce, obviously we've got to charge for that. But um, the reason uh, the, the resources are freely available is we're passionate about uh, activating Christians to share the gospel and also resourcing them with, with to be better equipped and to be more effective in the, the way they share the gospel with others. We've got to communicate in a language they can understand, and these resources are jargon-free, uh, easy to use, and uh, I'd encourage you to go to our site, traintoproclaim.com, and uh, and utilise them. They're there for you. 
And we've been asking the question, is it necessary to use the Bible scripture when sharing the gospel? And I think we've probably settled on the different horses for different courses and being sensitive to the person you're talking to and not always feeling an obligation to share the gospel uh, with scripture uh, in in every circumstance. Uh, Stu, it's been wonderful. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks for having me. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.